Did you know that your dog's collar can actually be a safety hazard? Well, today we are talking about this subject very dear to my heart, dog collar safety with Lynette Smith. She is the founder of the Rider Safe Foundation. Hi, Lynette. Hi, how are you? Doing good. Thank you. And welcome to People with Passion for Pets. I'm really excited to be here today. And so are my dogs. You might see them pop in every now and then with a toy to share with your viewers. Ah, uh, that's wonderful. Well, dogs are always welcome on the show. <laughs> so Lynette, you're an advocate for dog collar safety, and you actually have a foundation called the Rider Safe Foundation. It all came together out of a very, very sad accident. Sometimes these sad things actually kind of bring out um, some, some very passionate things, and that's certainly the case for you. So talk a little bit about what you do now before we get into the uh, story about how it all came together. Okay, so what I do now is I have a website called the Rioters Safe Foundation, and it is a website that advocates for dog collar safety. And my mission is to educate others on dog collar safety, how to use collars correctly. They are a great tool. They can be a great training tool, but they also have some dangers associated with them. And I've created this foundation to help educate others, share our story. And then we also have on our website flyers and material marketing wise that people can download for free can help spread our mission because the more people that are aware of what we do, the more lives we can save. And it's a really simple, simple solution to make some changes that are really powerful for the overall well-being of dogs. As dog trainers and animal behaviorists, you know, we talk to a lot of clients in regards to dog collar safety. And especially, um, you know, we always recommend with puppy training that, that pets are put into a crate. But then again, you know, they should never be put in a crate wearing a, a collar. Uh, but there are obviously a lot more other things that, that you do around that. But I am always surprised um, how few people really do know about the dangers of dog collars? You know, it's one thing that I didn't know about and I wasn't aware about. I had horses and having horses, you know, you don't leave a halter on a horse in a pasture. They can get caught on a fence and they shouldn't wear a halter when they're out free or in a stall. And the danger is with that. Making the jump from that to a dog collar isn't really that big of a jump, but you just don't really think about it. And I had no idea that a dog could be strangled or hung by a dog collar and that it was a common thing. Maybe people think it's not common or it's really rare or it's not going to happen to me. It's very, very common. 26,000 dogs that we know of in the U.S. are strangled or hung by a dog collar yearly. That statistic is about eight years old now. Dog ownership has tripled in the last five years. About one in five people that I talk to have either experienced the loss of a dog from dog collar strangulation or a dog that has had their collar caught on something and they've hung themselves or they've lost their dog in a dog kennel with the tag. Um, the tags get stuck quite frequently. So we have a collar, we have like, you know, a little bow. We have a whistle GPS. This is a, a GPS tracking. We love this by the way. And it shows me where my dogs are at. And then you have your dog tags. So as you add things to a collar, you have dangers that can be associated with this. 
and this tag, are you helping? Yes. She's really big on dog collar safety. She knows exactly what I'm talking about as soon as I start doing these videos and interviews. So the tags can get stuck in heater grates. When they get stuck in a traditional collar, what happens is when you pull it apart, they don't break apart. And then the dog is in danger. What we advocate for is we have on a collar, you have a quick release buckle. It comes apart at the hands of a human. These are a breakaway collar. So there's a little pressure point here when tension's applied, it will break apart. And then if you walk your dog, you just clip the two little buckles here. But I still recommend that dogs aren't in dog collars when they're home alone unattended, when they're in a kennel or a crate. And that when they're at a dog park or playing with other dogs, they also are wearing a collar that's either safe or what we like to say is play naked where they're not wearing a collar at all because that is the biggest common moment for this accident to happen is when dogs are playing and they're doing the jumping and the, the over the head, their jaw will get hooked in the collar and then they twist and the alligator roll because they're fight or flight. And then their response and reaction to getting out of that situation, they think the other dog's trying to kill them frequently. So then it can go from two really lovely, passive, sweet dogs into this just really big blowout of terror and aggression and anxiety. And they're trying to get apart and it's really hard to get them disconnected. And the accident and the moment happens in stories I've heard can happen within like a minute. And one of the dogs or both of the dogs are gone. One is strangled, the other can break their neck. I've heard stories where dogs have broken their jaw, they've lost teeth, all sorts of stories. And sometimes yeah. the only way to get the collars apart with just even a, a collar like this, you have regular scissors can't cut it because they get so tight that you have to have industrial strength scissors, which people don't have on hand. We do now, I have them everywhere because I'm always around dogs. But yeah, and then when you factor in, this type of collar is one collar, but when you factor in a prong collar, when these get tangled, they're really hard to get apart. So really to just show people how big of a deal a prong collar is or a chain collar to get these dis like detached and taken apart, you have to have bolt cutters. Like this is the only way you can get this off of a dog that is in a strangulated situation where they're entangled, their jaws stuck, they're hooked, they're all tangled up, they can't get out, is bolt cutters. If you don't have these, your dog is likely not going to survive this. And these are great tools. They're training tools. But on the, on the label, it says they should never be on a dog as a collar. They're a training tool attached to a leash. When the leash comes off, this should not be on your dog. So this is not a dog collar. You should never put dog tags on it as soon as they they get tight, really dangerous. And then the same with these. I've seen um, dog tags on some of these. Again, another training tool. Not a bad tool in the hands of the right person, but just using them properly as they should be used and for what they should be used for. And Lynette, I, I definitely agree. And again, we are dog trainers. We do use the, uh, the chain training collars on uh, many of our clients' dogs, depending on, uh, you know, what type of training the dog okay. needs and what type of temperament the dog has. Uh, but that is, 
Yes. And, but that is always one of our first things that we talk about with people is, you know, this is, this is for training only. This is only when the leash is attached to the training collar and it has to come off when the dog is just even running around. Uh, But like you're saying, even in the dog park, and I am a firm believer uh, here in our house, our dogs never wear collars. Uh, Same when we travel in the RV the collars come off. It's kind of like taking off your shoes, right? When you come in and we take off our shoes in the house and then the collars come off the dogs. But what I find, and you can probably talk to this too, and I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of people in the audience listening to our conversation and they're going to say, but my dog's tag is on the collar. And if my dog gets lost, probably much more likely that my dog gets lost and my dog gets hung up with the collar. And, and I would like to hear your, your argument on that. I think that's a great, a, a great discussion to have. So what we use, because I am in that same space, I want my dog to have the tag on. I want to know that if something happened, I know where they are. So we have a GPS tracker on our dog collar. We have tags on our dog collar, but we use a breakaway dog collar. So this is just a really simple breakaway collar. It has the quick release buckle where you put the collar on and off the dog. So you pop it on, pop it off, and then they have a breakaway point here. So there's a place on these collars where you can actually put your dog tag. So you put your tags right here. And then if for some reason my dog got hung up on something, the collar will come off. It will break apart. Now, if my dog got out and my dog had tags on and the collar was found like this, I would know that my dog was saved from something that could have hurt my dog or cost my dog their life. So I would rather know that they were safe. And I know that sometimes dogs get out and having the tags on them is great. My dogs are also microchipped. So for me, it's really important that I know that they're safe. So they were the breakaway. I know that this buckle is how it goes on. I know that this is going to keep them safe in the house. But also when they're out, the likelihood of this coming off if they get out and they're out wandering around on an adventure is pretty slim because usually they just take off and they're going somewhere. Do you know what I mean? Like they're just, they're breaking out and they're like, woohoo, I'm going on an adventure. And I have the little GPS tracker so I can hook up to my phone and I know exactly where they are. My black lab, she's great. She will not leave my side. I've had her since she was a puppy. My chocolate lab, bless his little heart. I love him so much. His name is Hudson and his uh, middle name is D-A-M-M-I-T. So (laughs) the Hudson is the Labrador part. The other part is the herding dog part. So if he had the opportunity to chase a squirrel, He's going to be long gone. And I don't know his birth name because I've had him since he was about three. So he knows his name, but you you know what I mean? Like there's a spot where he's like, I can't hear anything you're saying. And I see that squirrel and I'm gone. I know that I can find him with the tracker. And I know that if something happened, he got hung up on something that's going to come off, but it's most likely going to stay on. And it's safe when they're in the house, when they're with other dogs, if they're in the car, you know, there's so many dangers in a house to for dog collars, aside from a kennel, knobs in kitchens. We heard a story about a, a couple that left their dog in the bathroom and they just got a puppy and locally and the dog's collar got hung up on something and the dog was strangled and died and was deceased when they came into the house. And that's just a knob in a, in a bathroom. So there's so many little things that they can get hooked on 
And I know that this collar, if it gets hooked on a fence, it pops off. If it gets hooked on a knob in the house, it pops. If my dogs are playing and the jaw gets hooked and it twists, it's going to pop off. And there's enough tension that it doesn't just come off really easy. It's got to have a little bit of a tug. So I just know that this is a safer option. So I get the space of, but I want a collar with tags. You can get a collar with tags. It's just safer instead of a collar, because if you've got a collar with no tags, you know, this isn't going to do anything. If your dog gets connected to something, the chain and the prong are not going to do anything. And if you do a buckle collar, if they get hooked, you have to tighten. You got to get that buckle. You got to tighten it to loosen it. If they got hooked up on something. So there's so many different collar options. And the nice thing too, about this company that does the breakaway that we use, they used to have four basic colors. And now they have all sorts of lovely little patterns. Because I've met people too that are all, we just want a pretty collar. Okay. Well, they come in four colors or five colors before. Now they also have pretty colors to kind of hit that target. And I don't know. It's just, it's important to me that dogs are safe. I would hate for anybody to walk into a home the way that I did and into what I walked into because it was horrible. It was really, really horrible. And I would not want anybody to go through that. So Lynette, why don't you share with our listeners Um, why you are so passionate about this collar safety. I will. So one of the reasons why I'm really passionate right here, this little girl, this is Skyra. So this is my black lab. She is the survivor of dog collar strangulation. And she knows exactly what I'm talking about because I just got out Ryder's collar. And so she knows that this is his collar. This is from three years ago, right? You know, all right, I'm going to tell your story. So I walked into my home. I hadn't been gone very long and I opened the door and I saw in the area between the the living room and the kitchen, the doorway area, one of my dogs was laying on the floor and Skyra wasn't moving. She was just paralyzed and it took a moment and I dropped everything and I ran over and I had noticed that her jaw was somehow stuck on his collar and I got her unclicked really quick and he, um, he wasn't moving. He wasn't breathing and he, he was dead. He had, he had died. And I didn't know what happened. I didn't understand that moment. Initially, I just scooped her up. We got outside. Um, I literally lost my mind. I was outside screaming and crying and holding her like, Oh my God, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. I'm so sorry. I don't know what happened and comforting, comforting her but also not understanding what happened. And we had to take Skyra to the vet. She had lost all the pigment in her side of her lip. So it went from black to pink. She had two edemas under her jaw. She had a a cut underneath her chin. We got her to the vet right away and came home. Still didn't really understand what happened. I just know that I had left and I was gone for an hour and everything was great. And I kissed my dogs before I left and hugged them and came back in an hour later and my life forever changed. And it took a while. I took his dog collar and I put it in the garage. Just, I couldn't even look at it. And a friend of mine who had shown up here that day, Leslie, she's like a sister to me. We were talking and she says, you need to share your story. And I said, I'm not sharing my story. I'm not telling anybody what happened. And she says, what are you going to do when they ask you about Ryder? And I said, I'm just telling them that he's fine. I'm not telling anybody. I was really afraid of what other people would think. I was afraid of what social media would say. I was afraid 
of Skyra maybe being taken away. Sorry. <clears throat> it's still, um, it's still there when I'm like, I'm good. I can, we're good, but it still kind of grabs a hold. So um, I was afraid that they were maybe going to take away my dog because I thought they might think she was dangerous and she had done something. And so processing all of this with my friend, I decided, you know, she said, you need to share your story because if your story saves one life, then it's worth what you've been through. And that maybe this is writer's journey now is to help you help others learn about the dangers of dog collars. And I believe firmly with every fiber of my bones that in that moment when Ryder died and I walked into my house and Skyra was still hooked to his collar, I believe that his spirit was in this house and he was doing everything he could to keep her safe. She is incredibly lucky to be alive. She um, is incredibly lucky that the injuries that she sustained were really minor in the grand scheme of things, that she didn't break a tooth, she didn't break her jaw, her wounds healed externally. Um, I'll share a little bit more with you shortly about kind of her wounds that are internal because she does have some from this, but this is Ryder's dog collar. And so what happened is his collar, her teeth actually got stuck in the dog collar. And so she couldn't get undone. And then you can kind of see how it's bent. It uh, twisted. Hi, baby girl. It twisted and uh, she couldn't get her jaw unhooked. So she still knows. Um, she, yeah, you still know, don't you, sister? I know we miss him so much. And so I just, I shared her story. I wrote it and I had a hundred comments within about maybe an hour. And the next morning I had a whole bunch more comments. And within a day and a half, I had 1500 comments. And in a very short period of time, there were over 10,000 comments and I tried so hard to respond to everybody really quickly. And then I just had to get my head out of it because it was so fresh and new. And every time I would read somebody sharing their story about how they lost their dog, I would just go back to that day and that trauma. And so we stepped away for a little bit. And then I created a Facebook page, which I shared the story on. And I thought, I want this to be bigger. I want this to grow bigger. And I created the Writer Safe Foundation. I got a business license for it. I'm working on shifting it to a nonprofit. I do this to honor the legacy of Writer. And I do this to honor the trauma and the story of Skyra and what she's been through also. And she battles with PTSD from what happened. There are moments when I see her playing with our dogs or that she'll, her hackles go up and her energy shifts. Or when I walk in the front door, ready to greet her and she still cowers from that moment. So I don't actually walk in the front door. I come through the garage, which is easier for her. I have so many people reach out to me with their story. And my goal also, part of what I do is if somebody's lost their dog, you know, one of your listeners today, they could come home today and this could be their story now today, that I want them to reach out to me. I want them to message me. I want them to contact me because I want to help them through this. The only people that really understand this, the whole spectrum of this are those of us that have been through it. And so we have a community that we just try to help each other navigate it and understand the biggest thing is, and I still struggle with this, 
it's not my fault. It was a horrible accident and it, I didn't know. And so the people that this has happened to, the biggest thing that we struggle with is guilt and reminding them that it's not your fault. It's not my fault. It's nobody's fault. It's a horrible accident. And as a collective community of dog lovers, dog boutiques, trainers, breeders, doggy daycares, that we work collectively together to just make a few simple changes, which will save the lives of so many animals and people from going through this. And I really appreciate um, that you talked about your feelings, because I think that's the, the number one thing, uh, like you said, you know, as a as a person that that might have happened to, um, you know, the first thing is you don't want to tell people because one, you're afraid they're going to think badly of you because you you maybe have done something wrong, which, like you said, it's not your fault. It's nobody's okay. fault. And then, you know, the other thing which I hadn't even thought of is that what about the other dog? that a survivor dog is somebody going to look at that dog and think that maybe she's aggressive maybe she did this on you know out of some mean idea yeah again it's so so important to understand also the ramifications um even if your dog doesn't get strangled even if your dog doesn't die right. uh, there is there is some some fear there is some trauma that's involved in going through something traumatic like this and it can be prevented and that's what we're hoping to do by by sharing um, the knowledge and sharing the warning and sharing the um, and raising awareness, uh, hoping that people will either find a way to not leave the collars on. And like I said, I've I've had dogs my entire life um, and we've never had their collars on in the house. We we teach them not to run through open doors and we give them a good recall. Uh, but I, I love the um, the breakaway callers, and I'm definitely going to make sure that they are available through our website and that we recommend them. And certainly we're going to leave uh, the links in the description below for all of the listeners to find those. And initially, it started on callers off when they're home alone and attended, never kennel or crate your dog with the collar and watch the collars other dogs play with. Then I really thought bigger, and I thought, wow, we also need to be aware of do our dogs wear collars in the kennel at the vet when they go in for a procedure? Our veterinarian clinic is amazing. We love them. And they have dog safe collars in their facility. Now they don't let any dogs in their treatment rooms or their recovery rooms with collars on and then taking it to a dog groomer. Are they putting your dog in a crate while they wait to get groomed with a collar on and then doggy daycare my biggest two are doggy daycares and dog boarding facilities because at home you can control what you do. I have yet to find in our area a boarding facility where our dogs I know are safe because they're using a dog safe collar. They're using a lot of these daycares. They've got dogs in prong collars, chain collars, buckle collars, quick release. They've got them in just whatever collar they come in and they're not safe because there's so many dogs and so many people and so many moments. So the other part of this, I like to remind people, when you take your dog to a, a boarding facility or a doggy daycare, ask them what their collar policy is. Ask them, do they have first aid training? Do they have industrial strength scissors and bolt cutters? What do they do if there's an entanglement? How do they solve that? Because one of the ladies that reached out to me when I lost Ryder, 
Her name is Robbie Scott, and she has an organization called the Naked Dog Project and for Gracie's sake. And she took her dog to a doggy daycare, thought everything was fine. And they put her dog Gracie in a chain collar. And Gracie had died within 15, 20 minutes of being in the facility because she got entangled. Another dog got their jaw stuck, tangled and died. And then Tenny Mudge, she's amazing. So she lost her dog to Chinook to dog collar strangulation years ago. She's actually the founder and inventor of the breakaway collar that we use now. When I lost Ryder, she reached out to me and I had been Googling and I had looked to say, I just wanted something to say like what happened. And I learned it was called dog collar strangulation. And I learned that through Tenny's website and reading about her dog Chinook. And that's where the educational process for me started to take off. And I really started to learn a lot about this. And Tenny helped me with that. And Robbie helped guide me through the loss. And they reached out to me. And so it's that pay it forward space of me also wanting to help others who've been through this. And when I hear the stories that come in from people who lost their dog, my heart, it hurts. I feel so much empathy for them. I know exactly where they're at in the process. If it was a few days ago, or if it was a few weeks ago, I feel that space. And so I really like to help them navigate that. Want to hear more stories of this not happening than stories of it mm-hmm. happening. Yeah. And, and Lynette, you know, we, we, you mentioned earlier and you shared earlier the statistic of 26,000 dogs that we know of in the U S yes. However, you know, I have to then caution people because people might look at that and say, well, you know, in the scheme of things, that's not that many, but think about this. And we started just a moment ago saying, you know, how hard it is to share this story. So we really have to look at that statistic and realize there is probably, I'm going to say at least double that on the other end, because there are going to be so many people that never share their story that, that nobody has heard that the dog got hung up in the fence or that the dog got hung up in the kennel or, um, you know, we even talk about the tags, how they get hung up in the, in the, um, the vents on the, Mm -hmm. on the floor in the RVs, right. A lot of dogs can get hung up in there. There are so many ways in which a dog collar can become a dangerous thing around the dog's neck, not just playing with other dogs, but just the dog being by themselves. So I'm hoping that people, uh, listen to this and also that they that they do their research that they look further into this and and think about their options uh, either you know switching to a breakaway collar or uh, finding ways to not leave the collars on when they yeah. can't be with their dog you have a lot of control at your home when you're with your dog but you know be very very vigilant in talking to your vet your groomer your boarding facility uh, and I was shocked that you shared that because um, my husband, Jim, has been a dog trainer for over 40 years, and he used to have a boarding facility. And that was the first thing that he used to do is he, he'd ask the, when, they, when people would bring in their dog, he would say, please take your collar off. And then they would have just a slip leash, not even a collar that would go on the dog. And they'd walk the dog to, um, you know, where the dogs were kept. And then there was no collar on the dog at all while they were in the kennel. So um I actually got blocked from the boarding facility. I was asking them about their dog collar policy out of our area and I got blocked. And I'm like, I'm, oh, not, wow. I'm just curious, like, what's your policy? Yeah. Okay. One in about five people that I talk to and I hand out on average, probably 10 to 15 cards a day 
I'm always handing the cards out when I see people with puppies or dogs and I, and I let them know too, you know, like I, you have a beautiful dog and I lost a dog to collar strangulation. And I see you have a couple of dogs. Here's what we do, just educating others. And if people want to jump on this bus with us, that's amazing. And we're grateful. And if they don't, you know, we run into people too, that are like, yeah, that's not for me. You know what? That's your choice. We embrace the path that you choose for what works best for you. But one in five people that I talk to have either lost a dog to collar strangulation, know of somebody who've lost a dog or have had a near miss. And those statistics are just too high for me. And in our town where I live, it's a small town. I know of three people in addition to me. And the biggest thing has been the fear of sharing the story. And I just think that if people can find that space of brave and take that step forward, they're going to be surprised about how many people will reach out and be understanding. You're going to have some people that are going to come in and not be kind. And there's a beautiful thing called block and hide. (laughs) So I just take those out of the space and I, I do this for my dogs. The other thing too, is anybody who's out there, that's a listener of yours, that is a dog pet shop or a dog boutique, anybody that's working with dogs that have clients come in or a groomer when they have a client with a puppy literally takes 30 seconds to say, Hey, I know you have a puppy and that's great. I just want to make sure, you know, don't leave a dog collar on your puppy when they're in a kennel or a crate that that can be dangerous and take the collars off when they're home alone, unattended, make sure that you're aware of what they're wearing when they play with other dogs takes maybe 20 seconds. Then that little moment. And I have to say this too, because with dog boutiques and pet stores, y'all are not going to lose business when you're sharing about dog collar safety. When you're sharing this, people are going to love that you care enough about the pets that come through your store. They're still going to buy the beautiful collars. They're still going to put them on their dog. They're still going to walk them down the street. They're just going to take them off when they're home alone unattended. So I just want people to know that are working in that space, you're not going to lose money when you're advocating for safety. You're going to earn more customers because they know that you value their pet and they that you value the love they have for their dogs. My dogs are my kids. Well, Lynette, I, I love your, uh, your passion and I love that you definitely have a cause and that you're out there every day. Um, sh- tell, tell our audience, tell our listeners where they can connect with you. How can they find you? So we are on a couple of different spaces. So we have the Rider Safe Foundation and our website is Rider, R-Y-D-E-R-S-A-F-E foundation.com. On there, you can find us on our Instagram, Rider Safe Foundation on Instagram. Also the same R-Y-D-E-R Safe Foundation. But we also have one that is called Labradorable B-F-F-S. Spelled that one time. So it's just Labrador, L-A-B, R-A-D-O-R-A-B-L-E-B-F-F-S. And that's also our Facebook. You can look at that for Facebook and you can find it. The easiest way though is writerssafefoundation.com. And the breakaway callers, they're posted on our Facebook page. They're also posted on our website, videos on how they work. I've got one where it's on a fence and kind of showing how that tension will snap the collar off. I get literally nothing for sharing their website. I don't earn any money. It literally is me just sharing where you can go to get a safe dog collar for your dog. And what I get from this is knowing that your dog will be safe 
whoever is listening, and that I'm helping prevent somebody from walking into their home like we did. And, and it was horrible. And I just really want to save others from that space. And so does my dog, Skyra. She's a gem and I love her so much and she's amazing. And it's a strange space to feel so blessed and thankful. I think literally I, I am so thankful for her life every day that her life was spared. And I'm still heartbroken that he was not, but finding that space to really love on the dog you have that survived because they're going through that space too, just like you are. Yeah, that, that's a very powerful message. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, you bet. Thank you again for being on the show today. I really appreciate you and you sharing your story and all of the great work that you do. Thank you so much.